We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by DoorDash and Bet Online. My name is Rob Louder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co host, former NFL defensive back, who's very lucky I forgot about what I was going to call him today. <laughs> I forgot my title for Eric Crocker. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. And because I was, I was something about your supplemental draft that you didn't know exist, and I and I was like pausing trying to remember it, and I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. First mm-hmm. overall pick. I didn't. I didn't know. First, that. yeah, yeah, right. Eric Crocker, the first overall pick on the supplemental draft that he didn't know existed. 
Eric Roger. Yeah. It, it it was actually it was an expansion draft. So it was between um like a few teams and uh yeah, there were a few teams involved, you know, obviously like I don't know, like twenty something players got picked or whatever, thirty players, whatever it was, but yeah, I went first overall and I didn't know about it. <laughs> I, I didn't one of my buddies hit me and was like, Hey, you just got drafted number one overall. Like I was like, What? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, it was interesting. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, no sense wasting time. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you know that the 49ers uh, lost a uh, a pretty embarrassing game against the Philadelphia Eagles today at Levi's Stadium and dropped it 25 to 20. Right? Yep, 25 to 20. Um, I mean, and it was it was about as bad as it gets. Uh, I mean, there were a few little positives to glean from it, but overall, it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Now, I will say, um, where I, I wanted to hop on here as soon as we could because Crocker's on a different on a different uh, you know time zone with me, and I wanted to let him get to bed. Uh, the press conferences are still going on. I believe Nick Mullins is talking right now. Um, Kyle Shanahan just finished up. I at least wanted to hear him before we jumped on there, but. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to kind of be like refreshing the old Twitter kind of as we record. So if I seem a little bit airheaded, it's because of that. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm grabbing anything that that is uh, I mean, needs to be said to you guys. But why don't you uh, why don't you lead us off, Crocker? Just I don't know, man. Just let your let your thoughts and your feelings pour out, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're just, you know, just a reaction. You know, this is a reaction. So so my initial reaction was. You know, the offensive line definitely needs to play better. Uh, Nick Mullins is a backup, so his play being up and down should be kind of expected. I did highlight the <clears> – remember, when we were kind of getting ready for this, I did mention that, in in my opinion, uh, Carson Wentz looked like Carson Wentz. I just thought that his offensive line was kind of bad, but I thought he was able to make a lot of plays in the Bengals game. Um, and he really just gave them a chance even to make that game, you know, be a tie game. And I thought tonight he did the same thing. Uh, for, you know, it, the, the, their defense made enough plays, right? They, they, they picked off Mullins in the red zone, so that took points off of the board. And then Mullins also uh, threw a pick six, so, you know, that puts points on the board for them. And and then off, obviously, you know, a fumble in midfield, so – you know, I think a lot of it had to do with the, the the offensive line, you know, and then obviously Mullins, you know, isn't in the clear for it. And that was why he, you know, it resulted in him getting benching, benched. But I, I said it. I think I even tweeted it out before the game. I did not think that the Eagles were as bad of a team as the record or some of the stats said. And I think some people just kind of looked at it like, oh, they're 0-2. Look at, you know, his passer rating, Carson Wentz passer rating and stuff. And But – Watching the game, it, it kind of painted a different picture. And I thought tonight uh, aligned with what I thought. The 49ers, and just to talk about a positive, the 49ers' defense actually played extremely well, um, especially yeah, considering who they have. Obviously, like the edge rushers kind of lost containment a couple of times. Um, there were other, another couple of times where, you know, they couldn't get them to the ground. But when you're playing against an elite, talented quarterback, like those are things that kind of just are more prone to happen. Um, I didn't think that was a reason why the 49ers lost at all. I thought the defense played extremely well. Uh, the offense just kind of failed them tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, and those are all those are all really good points, especially the way you kind of break it down is 
uh, you know, the def- like you said, the defense played pretty well. Uh, you know, you immediately got to take seven points off of that score uh, when you're when you consider the fact that Nick Mullins was was 100 responsible for for seven of them. And it was just, I mean, it was just rough. It, it's just any, <laughs> I don't even, it all kind of just boils down to Nick Mullins. And I would probably say Nick Mullins in the offensive line in, as a close second. I mean, Nick Mullins was bad. He was missing wide open throws. He was throwing it to Eagles defenders. He was sitting there staring at the field and, and you know, gave up a, a fumble at one point. But the offensive line was doing him no favors, period, like whatsoever. They were not good. Even Trent Williams was bad, Um, or at least at the very least had some really, really rough plays that kind of like stood out. Um, You know, even on the on the 49ers attempt to to author a game winning drive, um, I believe they they had to spike it. So it was second and 10. And then on second and 10 and third and 10, Mike McGlinchey both times just absolutely collapsed. Uh, was it just allowed himself to get pushed right back into the quarterback and made it to where CJ Beathard had to throw it away twice. You know, the second time he barely got it away. It was almost a fumble. Um, so, I mean, it was just it, Nick Mullins was was bad in and of himself. There were so many decisions he made and throws that he made were just were obviously, you know, either the wrong decision or a bad throw. But at the same time, the offensive line was was just doing him no favors whatsoever. Um, and that was kind of something we talked about on the on the preview pod was that this Eagles offensive line was no joke. And if the 49ers excuse me, defensive line, right, right. If the 49ers offensive line didn't come to play, then they were gonna get tossed around. And you can look at these defensive statistics and they just kind of paint the picture right there. I mean, we got um three and a half, four and a half, five sacks, uh one, two, three, four, five. Uh, draw, Avery had five quarterback hits just to himself. So one, two, three, four, five, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 quarterback hits, mm. five tackles for loss. I mean, you, you, it's hard for, I mean, I can say that, I mean, it's obvious that the 49ers cannot wait to have Jimmy Garoppolo back, but I can't necessarily say that the, the team would have won with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I, I'm pretty sure they would have, you know, I, you know, there's Mullins was just missing some wide open throws and obviously throwing it right to a linebacker for a pick six. But I mean, G- even Jimmy would have been struggling. Well, yeah, yes. And that I, offensive line was just crumbling. Yeah. But I mean, that was one thing that you, you actually mentioned in the Jets game, right? In the first half that Jimmy Garoppolo played, how many times he actually got hit and right. you know, he got hit over and over and it, he still was 14 and 16. I think the thing with Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo and what helps him is, which it's kind of crazy because I saw a lot of this on Twitter. A lot of people were saying like, "No, Jimmy uh, Nick Mullins processes things better than Jimmy Garoppolo," and I'm thinking like, "No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't." I mean, I was thinking that before this game. I felt like last game everything went uh, according to like if you if there was like a manual on on how to get Nick Mullins to be productive. I thought that game went how you know that that game went like more ideal. I think a game like um, tonight, he 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 doesn't have the ability to play well in that type of game where the pocket is muddy, you know, bodies flying around him. He has to make quicker decisions, get the ball out, um, drive balls when it's not perfect, move, you know, slide left, slide right. He doesn't. He's not good at that type of stuff, um, and I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know <laughs> why. But that that's something that I I've noticed with him since he's been with the 49ers. Even on the one play where everybody 
everybody will um, remember uh, in Nick Mullins' first start where he threw a, a, a deep in route to George Kittle that George Kittle caught with one hand and, you know, ran for a bunch of yards. Yeah. Against the Raiders, right? Yeah. That still was a play where you really would have liked to see him kind of slide left to kind of buy more time to be able to step into a throw and really get it off cleaner. And he kind of got hit, but he he just does that so often where he doesn't give himself a chance. And tonight we we really saw that. And even when he did move a little bit, it still was – it looked very uncomfortable, you know. Um, that's one thing that I think Mullins can get better at. But that, that just might be him. And he is a solid b- backup. Um, it just tonight wasn't an ideal situation for his skill set, and I, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo gives you a much better chance in that type of environment. Right. Yeah, and he, he just he think he, he seems like yeah Garoppolo seems like he thrives on chaos a little bit a little bit better, you know like he's just still, and that's kind of goes with what they were saying about the fact that you know maybe Kyle Shanahan should should hit hit Jimmy Garoppolo over the back with a bat. Um, before a game, because he just kind of, you know, once he once he gets hit, you know, he he plays a little bit better, you know, and he that's <laughs> that might be why he played, uh, you know, he he played so well in that first half against the Jets with a with a high ankle sprain because he kept getting his not his uh, his block knocked off every every other play. So, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It was rough. It was real rough. Um, Let's just kind of go glance through my notes here, see what I had, just to kind of. Uh, we didn't talk I mean, about Ayuk at all, like just to play that, you know. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I mean, like, we want to kind of discuss the game, and, and and we'll discuss things further in more detail um, tomorrow. But just to kind of, you know, see him get the ball in space and and be that explosive player that you know felt like the 49ers drafted, and he he really flashed that ability. I don't know what you thought about that play, but I know, you know, I, I was really excited to see it. Yeah, um, it, it it was that was and that was definitely one way it was going to go eventually if we wanted to branch away from the uh, branch away from the negativity because yeah, Ayuk was awesome. He didn't he didn't really go. I mean, you just don't see. I mean, he jumped so freaking high on that hurdle. Like I will never tell a play a, a play. I, I don't like watching players hurdle other players because it's just always like so often it ends up looking like somebody's going to get hurt. Like usually the guy jumping through the air. But I mean, in that case, there was no one else around, and Ayuk just cleared him by a lot. And what's crazy is the the defensive back wasn't even that low. He was he was just kind of he kind of lowered his head, um, you know, he kind of lowered his head to just make the hit, and and Ayuk still cleared him. And Ayuk ended up only ended up with one catch for thirty eight yards. Um, but I don't know why. Uh, well, excuse me, he had one rush. For 38 yards because technically on that p- play the ball was thrown backwards so it was it was it was a lateral you know they kind of like a think of it like a toss and it was thrown backwards and he took it 38 yards to the house and that you're going to definitely be seeing that more on twitter and he also had two catches for 18 yards on uh, on five targets but none of the 49ers receivers really ever got going uh born had three catches samuel had three uh it was really the uh the george kittle and Jarek mckinnon show um you know, but if, if you're looking for positives, Ayuk was, I mean, that was really, really cool. And then another positive is uh, that I can't forget about is George Kittle. You know, obviously he missed, uh, he missed the last game and a half. He missed the game against the Giants. And, and for the most part, I mean, he kind of played through it against the Jets. I don't even know if they actually pulled him out, but he missed the game against the Giants. And 
Uh, did he miss the game against the Jets too? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play against. The Jets. He played the rest. So of the he got Cardinals. injured against the Cardinals. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm one game off. Um, so George Kittle came back, and I don't think that the they they technically statistically count two point attempts for some reason because his stats still have him as I know that he he dropped that two point conversion. Um, it was kind of a, a weird play, but the the official stats still have him as fifteen for fifteen. Um, for 183 yards and a touchdown. And there were a couple plays in there. Uh, and I know we've talked about this a lot, Croc, where, where George Kittle went up and got it with a defender nearby. And that was kind of good to hear. He did it in the end zone for that touchdown. He kind of went up and snagged it right over him, then quickly turned around. And then he did that. He had that 20-yard catch from Mullins where he just went up and over that corner to catch it. So, I mean, that's good to see. We've, we've yeah. talked about that. There were good things to see, man. You know, it's just it was just – you know, you know, just kind of keeping on the reaction show, man. You know, it's just a tough loss, a loss that I think we expected to win. But if the 49ers were going to lose, you would think it would look something like that with some of the guys that they have on the field. And they, they've just been so well coached that you would think that they'd be able to overcome some of those type of, you know, some of the adversity that you know transpired in the game. But they just couldn't overcome the offensive line just being so bad. And then just a couple – Bonehead interceptions by Nick Mullins. You know, with the, with the Nick Mullins, especially the well, really both of them, they were really bad interceptions. But that first one, I'm like, Nick, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was I was looking at it and it looked like a screen. It looked like it was like a screen set up to the left. And I get it, Mike McGlinchey got bullied, but he's throwing off of his back leg, throwing it to like, uh, yeah, that was. Taylor on some right. kind of crossing route or something. I, I have to wait to see the all 22, but it just looked like, like, what are you doing? Just throw the ball away. Cause whatever you're trying to do right now, the whole play is dead. And right. that, that was a big difference in the game, you know, to, turning that over, you know, that was and then the second interception that was a pick six. It was like, yeah, what, what was that? I don't know. Yeah. That was, I don't know. I don't want to get too hard on him because I know who he is. And I've talked about this before about, my expectations for players, um, you know, I expect guys to be kind of a certain or, or what they are. They, they they are what they've shown me. And I think that Nick Mullins is a solid backup, a very, very manageable uh, backup, a serviceable backup that, that can uh, play well under cer- certain circumstances. I knew that this would be a tough game for him. And the offensive line definitely didn't help. But yeah, those interceptions, that one, I don't know. I can't even. Because it wasn't even like, I don't know. That's my reaction. <laughs> right, right. Well, before we before we go on, because um, we're definitely going to make this a shorter pod because we're just reacting to it, and it's and it's a little late for my boy Crocker. So before we uh, before we go on, let's get a quick word in from our sponsors, DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food's on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off 
zero delivery fees, your first order, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE, it's all one word, for $5 off on your first order with DoorDash. So, you know, just to kind of break it down, if, if for some reason you didn't see the game, you know, the, you kind of knew that it was going to start off in a bad way in the first drive when Nick Mullins, he missed a wide open, uh, who was the first receiver he missed? Because he missed Kyle Juszczyk on that play that would have gone for at least 50 yards. Um, he missed Kendrick Bourne on a slam. Yeah. Okay, Kendrick yeah, Bourne right, right. really, like, had to, like, dive to get a hand on it. Otherwise, it, it would have been picked. It would have been picked off. And at that moment, I knew, like, I had tweeted out, like, all right, you know, settle, settle down, Nick Mullins. You can tell he's a little excited. And that happens. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo be a little excited, but he just didn't really settle down. He he right. did throw, throw, throw a few nice passes, but he was just, you could tell, he was just uneasy all night. Right. Yeah, and, it, and then, so, and then, so later, he, he threw that, like Croc described, he threw that weird interception where he was just, like, falling off to his right, and then he just kind of like chucked it like to a defender. That one was an easy one. And then the, the even crazier one was when the 49ers first took the field, when they first went down by four against the Eagles after Carson Wentz threw that deep ball. I think it was 42 yards um, to a guy that I don't even remember his name. They just picked him up off waivers, I think. And so he threw a 42-yard bomb to give the Eagles the lead. The 49ers come on with like five five and a half minutes left. Plenty of time to get a game-winning drive over. And Nick Mullins' first pass is directly to the Eagles linebacker that kind of just floated into the flat. Nick Mullins was looking at, like, somebody that was running. It, it kind of, I don't know the route, but it looked almost like a like a 10-yard curl. You know, he was against the sideline. Nick Mullins, it might have even been shorter than that, was, was watching that, and he just throws it. And the linebacker was just standing right in the flat. So he just catches it and runs it in for a touchdown. I mean, he, he the 49ers were on the 25-yard line, so it was the easiest pick six, six of his life. And in between that, I believe, I don't believe it was after that. Yeah, in between that, um, he had a fumble where he just sat there staring downfield for way too long. And, of course, the offensive line did collapse, kind of like they did all day. Uh, but he just kind of stood there for way too long, kept trying to think about it, and then you know caught the ball back like he was going to throw it and then didn't, and then – uh, a defensive lineman got up and knocked it down, and, and they recovered that too. So, um, it, I mean, it was the the first Mullins interception was in the red zone. The 49ers were about to put up points. So, I mean, that's huge right there. You know, that's 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 you know that's a minus points. The 49ers, you know, had, could have had seven or at least three, and didn't get anything there. And then the pick six. So essentially, Mullins is kind of responsible for at the at the least ten points. Of, of differential and at the most 14 if the 49ers score in that first trip to the red zone so you know it's i mean again not everybody played there were a lot of areas that played bad the defense was pretty good um but for the most part i mean it's one of those losses where you can kind of just look at nick mullins and say like hey man <laughs> you know it, it it was rough so i'm um, trying to I got a DM from my guy, uh, Peaceful Tom, Tom Horvath, and he he wanted you to kind of give him some some hope on the podcast. So, do you have any like, you know, anything to kind of like lift his spirits? Oh, uh, well, that's so. Oh, so did he just send it while we were? Uh, 
yeah, while we're he, talking? Yeah, he DMs me sometimes. Well, I mean, if you're looking for hope, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan sounded like Jimmy Garoppolo might be returning next week. I think the 49ers are kind of hoping for that. Not like, you know, like a prayer. Not, you know, they, they, they think, I think they're optimistic that he's going to make some sort of a return next week. And if he can play, you'll have Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't know the status of Raheem Mostert. He might start using his way back. Um, he's dealing with an MCL sprain. You've already got George Kittle, who like is like, hey, I'm back, obviously. Um, and then you've got Debo Samuel, who looked fine. They didn't really get a chance to utilize him as much as they wanted to, but he looked fine. And you've got Brandon Ayuk, who's now put scored two touchdowns in two games, who looks pretty dynamic just in the way he moves and runs and you know catches the ball. I mean, it was so funny. Jimmy Ward, you could tell when Brandon Ayuk's walking around too because he has ridiculously long arms. And Jimmy Ward said, man, that guy could – Scratch his ankles standing up, <laughs> you know, like, uh, so, I mean, if you're trying to be positive, the only thing I, I feel like the 49ers offense will probably start clicking, you know, you'll have Brandon, uh, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Muhammad Sanu, George Kittle, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and even Jarek McKinnon's been playing well. I mean, I started him on my fantasy team today and he got me 20 something points. Now he was, he looked a little like slow at times, but at the same time he was just getting hammered. Like it seemed like every play he was touching the ball, he was dodging somebody in the backfield and then just getting smacked. So um, he still had a good game as far as a pass catcher goes and a decent game as a rusher. So the offense is right there. And like Crocker said, the defense wasn't bad. This really isn't on them. And and if especially when you consider that their starting corners were Jason Verrett, who was kind of off and on, you Croc would know better than me. And Dante Johnson, who ended up, he had a, you know some bad penalties and gave up the game, uh, the, the score that gave the Eagles the lead. So I would say that the 49ers still have can get quite a bit better. You know, they have a, the schedule's about to get a lot tougher, but at the same time, I feel like the 49ers are going to get start getting a lot better. I think Richard Sherman might be eligible to return this week. Am I wrong? Or is it one more week? I yeah, think it might be this week. after this week. After so after next week, this week. Yeah. Okay. next week versus okay. the Dolphins, he should be able to come back. Right. Well, so yeah, then he'd be he's eligible to come back for the next game, right? Correct. Not after the Dolphins. Or no, before the-, the Dolphins. Okay, got it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I mean, things could look up if, if things, if uh, you know, a few dice went the 49ers way, they're going to get a lot better, a lot they're pretty fast. Uh, it's just a matter of, but at the same time, you just kind of hope that the offensive line kind of figures out what's what's going wrong there and tightens it down. Because, uh, I, like I said, I feel like Jimmy, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo would have definitely been better than Nick Mullins today, no matter what. But at the same time, you don't want to necessarily. You're gonna throw them out there, never, no matter what. But you don't want to throw them out there with an offensive line that's just getting destroyed, because they weren't they weren't that great against the Giants either, you know. And they weren't great against the Jets when he, when Jimmy got hurt. So it's you know, there's some there's some question marks along that offensive line. But I do feel like a better version of the 49ers is not far off, you know. And not to I want to make sure we mention this and not to crash your your hopes, but it is. Apparent that um, Ezekiel Ansa it was reported, not apparent, it was reported that Ezekiel Ansa, who left the game early with a, a biceps injury, they think he tore his pectoral, um, which usually when they, they immediately rule a player out, you know kind of something's going on. And so, yeah, it was reported by Ian Rappaport that uh, 
and he likely tore his pec, and that would be a season-ending injury. So the guy they brought in to give them some sort of boost outside, you know, after losing Nick Bosa, has it seems like he's gone too now. So, I mean, they're taking it in the chin when it comes to injuries for sure. Again, didn't it feel like they did that last year too? Yeah. You know, and the year before that when you're talking about Jimmy. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it was nuts. You also had that two-point conversion that the 49ers failed on. They scored the touchdown with Jared McKinnon. Uh, Kendrick Borm got him right to the goal line. C.J. Beathard's first drive. Uh, C.J. threw it to George Kittle, who was kind of right in front of him, and there was nobody in between them. So, like, the throw could have been better. Beathard could have ran it in. Kittle... Could have caught it. It was Beathard definitely should have ran. It's like Beathard just running in. It's wide open for you. Right, just in. right, right. So, you know, it, it, there's just so many things. The forty. I mean, if you created a list, there's just so many things the 49ers did to make sure the Eagles were still in the game, including. I mean, it, it didn't really end up hurting them that much because of the fact that the 49ers defense just completely came out and shut down the Eagles. But they had that ridiculous onside kick attempt. I, I I didn't really get that. They could have gotten some if they would have just booted it. Was it because they were trying to get it done before the two-minute warning hit? Do you think that kind of played in like, hey, we can kick an onside kick faster? Yeah, I don't know. I don't no, know. you boot that out the end zone. That's and, like, what I would think. You have three timeouts remaining. You don't you don't need to do an on, onside kick. You kick it out the end zone. And and you and you use that, you know. And they almost tricked off the having that little time for the two minute warning. Luckily, I think they just called the dude dead because he laid on the ground, so they only let one second run off the clock. But I, I didn't understand that. I thought you just kick it out the end zone, and Philly is gonna they're gonna make you have to use your timeouts. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? So they were gonna run the ball regardless. They weren't gonna come out and throw the ball. So. Um, I was really confused by that. I was saying, yeah, uh, kick it deep. I didn't understand it. I don't think they understood yeah, it on TV either. Me either. So there was just so many. I mean, there's just so many things, man, where it's like if, if Mullins <laughs> isn't in the game, I mean, that's such a huge one. It just I have to laugh when I say it. If Mullins isn't in the game, if they don't make some stupid decisions, if CJ Beathard runs it in, and, you know, there's just it was just one of those things where you give an NFL and, and me and Crocker were both. And I'm definitely not patting us on the back or anything because we both thought the 49ers were going to win. But I, I felt like Crocker and I in our preview episode both kind of I felt like we were both taking the Eagles seriously. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't feel I did feel like the 49ers were going to win, but I just didn't feel like they were going to go quietly. And, and that's exactly how they played. You know, they were just getting after it. And, you know, the one thing that stood out to me prior to uh, the game was the Eagles defensive line. And that, to me, kind of ended up being that kind of coupled with Mullins was was kind of what what drove the nail all the way down. You know, but I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a that's a rough one. And I mean, if you take a I don't I don't have it memorized just yet. But I mean, if you take a look at the 49ers schedule, it's this this was the end of their I mean, Easy ish stretch, right? They got no, I know, I know that, but so they got the Dolphins next week, which is another game that they're going to be expected to win. But we've seen how that goes. Then they've got the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Rams, Buffalo. Like that is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game stretch against seven, 
or six likely playoff teams. Maybe they're all playoff locks. Let this, you know, not you can't do that at this point, but I mean, they are all very, very, very good teams. So, I mean, whatever, I can't remember the actual, do you remember the gauntlet last year, Crocker? It was Saints, it was Ravens. It was Packers, Ravens. Saints. Yeah, it was like Packers, Ravens, Saints. And then it And then maybe, I think it was the Seahawks too. And then the Rams, Falcons, and then Seahawks. Right, yeah. Well, they, I know there was one Seahawk, because remember there are two Seahawks games real close together. Yeah, they yeah, lost yeah. the first one against the Seahawks, and they won the obviously the, the important one. Um, so I, I mean, Seahawks and then the Cardinals, and then that other gauntlet started. Right. So whatever I mean, you know that that you know quote unquote gauntlet that they faced last year is I wouldn't say nothing compared to what they have now, but I mean you're looking at it, like I said, I'll I'll say it again: Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers, Saints. Rams, Bills, and Bills are really good too. So it's, you know, the whatever reinforcements the 49ers get, whatever changes they're going to make, whatever spark they're going to ignite within themselves, whatever they need to do, it's going to happen now because that is a really, really difficult stretch of football. Thankfully, though, um, well, not thankfully, now that I look at it, one, two, three, the, the Dolphins next week is at home, then the Rams is at home on Sunday night football, then they've got two away games against the Patriots and Seahawks. So, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole schedule right now, but it's it's going to be rough for these guys. So they need to whatever whatever they're going to do, they got to do it now. Essentially, they got to do now. I'm trying to just, just kind of scrub through my notes real real quick, see if there's anything else that I really feel like needs to be said. But I feel like we've kind of covered it most. You got anything else you got there, Croc? No, that's it. Um, you okay. know, we'll get ready for the you know winners and losers and everything tomorrow and. Right, right. Tomorrow. Yep, yep, yep. Essentially, I mean, Kyle's comments, he basically just said everybody needs to be better. There were so many mistakes in different areas of that game. Uh, the, he also said that, he, you know, he gave credit to the Eagles D-line that, that that dominated. He did say both of Mullen's interceptions were just straight-up bad decisions. And, uh, oh, and k Williams left with a knee sprain. We don't know how significant that is. He plays a huge role in this team. Uh, he's their, their starting and standout nickel corner. So we'll see on him. Um, but nothing, it doesn't seem like anything as drastic as, you know, Ezekiel Ansa IR type stuff, but we'll see. Um, and, uh, just a heads up crock. I got to hit up bet online after, after we, we leave. So, um, stick around for, for a quick word from bet online, but that's, that's it for us. You know, that's, that's us. I'm sorry. We couldn't hit you with, with any more positivity than we did. That's just the way it is. You know, this is our reaction episode. That's how it goes. Tomorrow we'll break it down in more detail with some winners, losers, and other details, along with some updates from Kyle Shanahan. And um, But, you know, hey, for another evening, this is Striking Gold signing out. Peace. The wait is finally over. Football's back. You might not be out of game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on at every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all great sign-up bonuses. 
Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.